Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Nate. Welcome to our Joe Van episode, where we're going to be talking about Joe Van's latest record, Found in the Smoke. And I say latest record, but it's his only record. Um, If you're familiar with uh, Joe Van, you might also know that this is a side project from Joey Venucci from from Indian Lakes. And if you've followed the pod for a while, you'll also know that Nate and I had the privilege of interviewing Joey Venucci about this project, kind of as it was in the works and before it was really announced in fact he announced a lot of stuff on the pod itself so if you want some background of kind of where he was at before the project and stuff we would suggest going and listening to that episode that was really awesome we had a great time interviewing joey uh but for this episode nate and i are gonna go track by track talking through the album what we liked about it if there's anything we didn't like about it and just our takes on the album as a whole so nate you ready to jump into this track by track yes sir all right, so the first track is For You. And for you, I would throw myself into the fire. I would trade it all back. And baby, for you, I could change myself. I'm just looking for another chance. Back at the bar where we always go. I never left and now you're working in Mexico. So, Nate, what did you think about track one for you? Yeah, so I have a tiny uh, rant to go on just because I think with this album, obviously it's like it is its own thing, but we're definitely viewing it in the context of Joey's past stuff. And it makes me think a lot about like album construction and like expectations and all that stuff. And what I wanted to talk about is how important the first non-single is. So I feel like singles are obviously extremely important. Every song on a record is important, but they each have their own roles. And the first non-single you listen to, which for us was this track, is so important because I think singles can kind of be um, deceiving at times. Like, obviously, they paint a picture and stuff, but you're really only getting snippets. And that first non-single is where you're like, all right, I'm actually digesting the record. It's finally here, and it's real. It's like, it's the time to shine. And so that first song, it almost eases you and makes you feel like, wow, this song is just as good as the singles. Like, I'm feeling good. I think the record's going to be great. Or it terrifies you, where you're like, wow, this sucks compared to the singles. Like, (laughs) or obviously it could be somewhere in between. Um, But this song just blew me away the first time I listened to it. And still, I think it's one of Joey's best choruses ever. It's extremely um, beautiful, catchy. Lyrically, it's very concise. And I just want to read the the chorus real quick. Um, But for you, I would throw myself into the fire. I would trade it all back. And baby, for you, I could change myself. I'm just looking for another chance. And we've talked about this before. And 
we've talked about this before, Andrew, because we've literally recorded this episode before <laughs> and, and, and had to um, re-record it because of some uh, some unfortunate uh, situ- an unfortunate situation we had. But I think like. Joey's lyrics can be so, and you'll probably talk about this, so vague and so mysterious and so confusing at times. But I think a lot of times on this record, he's a lot more straightforward, a lot more clear, and um, yeah, just showing off a different writing style from lyrically, which I really appreciate. So what are your thoughts on the first track for you? Yeah, I really love this song. When we talk to Joey... I think we entered with our impressions of what the album might be that he's talking about. So whether he was actually misdirecting us or I just took it as a misdirection. And then with the singles, I really came into this album expecting acoustic. And he mentioned synths and and possibly some other fun stuff. But like I expected like background synths, still more like an S. Carey type of vibe or like from Indian Lakes acoustic, really, um, that... That was my expectation. So even the singles, they kind of showed me some different sides, but I still, in general, did not expect this track. This track is very synth-heavy, and the synth following um, following his vocals, it's just, there's a lot happening, and it kind of blew my mind the first time I heard it, that I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, this is like a different thing. This is not from Indian Lakes. This isn't from Indian Lakes light or like acoustic this is joe van he he really whether the songs were initially written to be from indian lake songs but they didn't fit or whether the songs were actually just written specifically for this project it has a life of its own and you could tell that from track one so i think it's great it took me a second to get used to it as the opener i'll say that because it's probably slower than i expected um and moodier than I expected him to start with I kind of expected a more fun song even like a shuffle around would have probably like track two would have made more sense in my mind but I probably would have thought like your love or something really poppy and and catchy it is super catchy it is an incredible chorus but it's definitely it took me a few listens to get used to it as the opener but now I love it I'll mention real quick uh, to you, I think it bookends the album really well. I think for you and if you're here are actually very similar in how they transition. Um, And so I think they bookend the album really well. So it's one thing you brought up, which I think is really interesting is, and I haven't really thought about it. um, And this is real because we're having even though we're having this conversation again, like things, different things come up, you latch on to different things or you say things differently. Um, so I haven't thought about this yet, but um, how, even though this is a side project, I think one thing you're kind of saying is he didn't half-ass it. No. <laughs> he, and I mean, not that acoustic stuff is half-assed, but I mean... It can be, though. Like It can be, exactly. You're like... You write a song on acoustic, you're like, ah, it sounds good as it is, and you just release a bunch of acoustic tracks. Joey really put a lot of time and effort into this project, and I'm sure it was very different for him than a From Indian Lakes record. I'm sure, I mean, it's obvious, stylistically, he's doing different things, but he's not like 
This isn't like songs he didn't want to invest in as much as from Indian Lake songs. You know what I mean? I think it's just songs that he felt like didn't fit the sound or style as well as other um, tracks would have or could have. And so he's like, ah, these just belong in a separate place. But it's not out of a lack of trying. There's so much there, which you definitely highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, really well said. Don't have anything to add there. All right, let's move on to track number two, which is Shuffle Around. And I'm making plans with people I don't like. I just don't want to be alone tonight. I want to feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, but I don't. I don't. Cover the All right, Nate, what are your thoughts on Shuffle Around? Yeah, so I think um, even though this is a simpler record, as we talked about, um, though it's dense, and even though he's mixing it up instrumentally, there's still less stuff going on, I would say, which is tough because when there's less stuff going on, there's less stuff for the song to hide behind. You know, I think sometimes... And I find this with genres like we like certain songs because they like fit genres. It's like, oh, there was like a guitar solo here. Oh, they had like really cool synths or oh, like I loved um, those harmonies or whatever. But it's more about like, oh, what? tricks and tropes are they using like how are they like beefing it up how are they adding makeup and um really dressing up these songs to appear as more full or more beautiful than they actually are i think shuffle around is a great example of a song even though there's definitely a lot of production stuff going on it's still it's just a beautiful song as it is and those songs are really hard to write. But I think he, even though it's simple at times, he really mi- mixes up the song structure in ways that I don't know if I've seen him do as much before. And I think the one-line chorus, basically, of I don't, there's really long pre-chorus there. And those really long pre the really long pre-chorus almost makes it feel like the song has two choruses, which is really interesting. And um, yeah, I just think it's so beautiful and such a catchy song. And it being the first official track released, um, I think it has a special place in my heart because it was like this moment where I was like, oh shoot, like Joey might release like a solo record like that's crazy like um and so thinking back to that moment i remember like it was like past midnight and i was like yo did you know this just came out and you were (laughs) like oh my gosh no and we both like listened to it a ton so Mm -hmm. just like a special memory with that track yeah what about you what are your thoughts on shuffle around yeah so for me this song is possibly the most from indian lakes ish track on the album um that it does probably feel a little bit more for me like something that could have been written for from Indian Lakes 
or I mean, it's hard. His voice is always going to sound like from Indian Lakes because his voice is so iconic. But um, but I even feel like the the simple strumming of the acoustic guitar at the beginning, it just it has maybe a similar approach. It fits this album better than I do think it would fit from Indian Lakes, but uh, still reminds me a lot of that. And you had already mentioned this, so I'll just touch on this quick. Um, this song is where I do start to notice the different lyrical approach, that he is a lot more literal. It is a lot easier. I feel like before, when we would talk about Joey's lyrics um, ourselves, we always, I mean, just pull these albums apart, like from Indian Lakes albums apart, like insane. So we might talk about lyrics and I feel like we're always like, we feel like we're like 80% there from like an understanding what he's trying to say standpoint. But there's also that 20% that you just feel like you could be completely like barking up the wrong tree. Like you're just completely off because it's so poetic and so different. This, I feel more like 98, 99% sure that I know exactly what he's talking about for really each track. There's a lot less poetic stuff to it, but I really love that because it, it helps you feel like this album it's still super layered, but it feels a little bit more like it can actually affect you emotionally because you can actually fully understand what he's trying to get at lyrically. And so this is the first song that I noticed that. One thing I want to touch on with what you said about it sounding very from Indian Lakes like what's interesting is for me, there's certain songs on this record that I can like pinpoint like, wow, this song sounds so much like Dimly Lit in my eyes. And then I'm like, oh, wow, this song sounds so much like everything feels better now. I feel like what's cool about this song is I agree with you. It definitely sounds um, similar to Joey's past stuff, but it almost sounds like a collection of everything. Yeah, it reminds me almost more of Absent Sounds, like like it actually takes me back older from yeah. Indian Lakes. It does not sound like Dimly Lit, doesn't really even feel like everything feels better, like it's... It's definitely different, and I, I get what you're saying. It's almost like a culmination of From Indian Lakes. All right, let's move on to track number three. This is a question I ask Nate almost daily. <laughs> it is the track, Can You Be Mine? Nate, what are your thoughts on Can You Be Mine? Um, my first answer is yes. <laughs> um, no. But um, we uh, talked about um, expectations like heading in to the record. Um, just like what type of sounds were we feeling? What type of sounds were we expecting after Shuffle Around was released? And to be honest, no... Knowing it was kind of going to be a little more stripped back, knowing it was kind of going to be um, a bit more simple in certain senses, I wasn't expecting this record to have like some really intense pop inspiration. Yeah. Like, and this song I think is like 
this and your love are the perfect examples of that. Um, this is basically just an incredible pop song that's stripped down before it was ever built up. And I, I don't know. Maybe Joey did build this up into a huge song and then tore it back down. But it's so dynamic while it's extremely minimalist at the same time, which I think is sounds paradoxical, but it's true how like how catchy it is and how poppy it is, but it's still like an acoustic song. So yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I I always am impressed with this song, just how great the chorus is. I freaking love it. I think it might actually be my favorite chorus on the album. I feel like how he follows that really amazing melody with the synth. Um, and you already touched on this. It's super poppy for him, like super poppy. But what's great is it's not pop. It's like just poppy compared to maybe his other work. Um, but that does make me think of the band Laney a lot when I hear the song. They're always that mixture of super poppy, but also still some indie influences there as well. So I feel like the song reminds me of kind of a Laney type of vocal and melody uh, there. This, for me... Again, it's only the third track, but it's where you can start to tell that the album is starting to branch out and really has its own identity, if if you hadn't noticed, because each first three tracks are so vastly different, but there is like a through line here that you can start to feel, um, I feel like at this point. So it's one of my favorite songs on the album for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move to track four. Track four is called House Plants. Nate, what are your thoughts on houseplants? Yeah, so you were talking about how For You, Shuffle Around was like the most from Indian Lake song. I think we obviously all have our different like barometers of like what that means. I think for me, houseplants is the most from Indian Lake song and mainly because I think it's the heaviest song on on the album i this single also was the single that got me most pumped for the record because i think after listening to it i realized how wide of a range the record would have like i realized oh man this is gonna have a ton of different types of stuff because this was very different than uh the other singles and so one thing that i really love on this track is the melodies um just so catchy but at, the, but at the same time, I really love, and my favorite part of the song, and one of my favorite parts of the record is just the, the instrumental at the end. I think it's so powerful, and it just hits hits you so hard, and um, yeah, it's just it's just so good. I, I described it in my notes as a crowning jewel, mm. um, and that's what it is. But yeah, what are your thoughts on House Plants? Well, you mentioned the melodies, and it's so interesting because I feel like in my notes, probably half the songs I reference the melodies. And it's funny because <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually reference it for this song, but I literally – like that's where you come in and you're like, this is the melody for me. I really do think his melodies are like top notch yeah. on this to the point that literally – 
the reason I probably don't have it written for this is because I was finally at track four, like, stop talking about the freaking melodies. <laughs> like, like, you got to say something different. Um, so thanks for picking that up for me. Yeah, no problem. Um, I, it's funny when we re, like, because we're recording this again, I totally get what you're saying with this sounding very from Indian Lakes. And I do have in my notes that because of the 90s, type of vibe like late 90s vibe it sounds like the song was written during the writing process of dimly lit um that this i would say is more similar to new from indian lakes uh type of approach it's not similar to like this and shuffle around are the most opposite songs but they're they kind of cap what from Indian Lakes is. So they both are very from Indian Lakes. Um I do love the approach to the the track. I feel like um, depending on the song, you can almost feel like you can tell maybe where he wrote the tracks in like time frame. We could be way off. Who knows? But I feel like certain tracks do give a certain idea of like, oh, this might have been written again, like during Dimly Lit or maybe Absent Sounds or um, that there's like different approaches to the song. Um, I feel like the chord structures and just general soundscapes of this track um are just awesome i love it i love how big it is it's great all right let's move to track five track five is called age Nate, what are your thoughts on the track Age? Yeah, so it's funny. You talked about like talking about melodies too much. I I was thinking how like much currently we're referencing um, just like from Indian Lake stuff. And I thought it was hilarious. Like what if somebody like had no idea that this was uh, yeah. Joey's stuff? Yeah. Or we're just talking about it in that way. It's like this is really from Indian Lakes. Like this is really from Indian Lakes like – it's like, this dude needs to get original. Like, he's ripping off this from Indian Lakes artist. I mean, this guy just, it's copycat. But um, anyways, uh, so the song Age, I, I'm i not going to really talk about the song that much. I mean, the lyrics are about uh, growing older, basically. But I think listening to, like, your favorite artist can make you existential a little bit that make you think about like the grand scheme of everything, especially in terms of music and stuff. And one thing that this song made me think about is like growing older with artists and how we're probably a little bit younger than Joey, but we're similarly going through uh, the same life stages basically. And so it's really cool to have that type of artist or have a few of those artists where you feel like as you grow grow older, they're growing older with you. And you can it's almost like you always connect with them because you're always at a similar life stage. And it makes me wonder like when we when we get older, are we gonna like not connect with younger musicians oh. or Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. Um, but but yeah. Anyways, the song it just makes me happy that Joey's been making music for a while and seems like he's not slowing down and stopping. But yeah, what are your thoughts on the song? You might actually be able to talk about the song itself. Well, I will. I don't want to like step on something that you maybe are gonna mention, but this is something we've mentioned before, and I'm saying we, I mean you. So I'm taking your thing. Which is the fact that this album and the way that Joey's writing music right now, it shows that he has so much music and that when you're saying he has more left, like, I feel like this is like, like, he's not more than halfway done his career. You know what I mean? Like, he he has so much more left. So what, what is exciting from that is that we can continue to grow with Joey in those same ways. The same way that, like, there's artists we grew up with, I'll just mention Switchfoot, that, like... Like, basically, hit or miss, still Switchfoot, still John Foreman fans, I think, in general. Um, but very different stages of life. John's like a great-great-grandpa now. <laughs> oh, that's so mean. <laughs> it is. No, but, like, he's been around for a while. Obviously, like, guy's got kids and stuff. And like, his kids he, have kids. His kids have kids. And those kids, it's a generational thing. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like, different stages of life, and I think... Um, it is cool to find artists that like when Joey started making music is very similar stages of life. And, and I just, I appreciate your take on that. I think that that really is important and it shows how depending what artists you listen to, there might be extra factors that you don't think about that make you like an artist more. And it might be just the relatability, what they're writing about, um, some of those factors that really add to it. Now talking about the song, I do think between Houseplants and Age, this is like this is like a block of the album that does sound more like 90s, early 2000s. This song starts with this like strumming bar chord um, uh, that kind of plays throughout. And for the most part, this song is actually, I would say the most repetitive on the album, um, especially compared, yeah, compared to other tracks that are not repetitive at all. But he does a really good job with the dynamics and the sound effects in the track itself that help it not be a problem. So I think at its core, it's a simple song, but he was able to build it into something really special. All right, let's move to track six. Track six is called My Apartment. I might have picked it, but it's never Right, Nate, what are your thoughts on my apartment? Yeah, so we talked about um, songs sounding like Pass for Mini Lake stuff. To me, this sounds so much like something off of Dimly Lit. And I think what mainly sparks that, and I, for those who have listened to the podcast a bit, uh, know that I do not play music at all and know literally nothing about like the ins and outs of music theory or anything like that, where Andrew literally teaches music um, and plays and stuff. So 
we we come at things from very different uh, standpoints. That's part of what makes a podcast work. But for me, I think it's how um, his melodies are like in the chorus, especially. They're like they're not inside out. I don't know how to describe them. So he's singing mainly falsetto in the chorus, but. I can't. I don't know what about it. Like, the melody sounds so much like it could have been something on Dimly Lit. I wish I could have like a descriptor, and I probably should have looked through Dimly Lit and like found a song where I felt like it would have fit or something. But, but yeah, it just sounds so much like Dimly Lit to me. I also think I'm realizing more and more, to be fully transparent, how. Even though I love Dimly Lit, songs like this one, I'm not as big of a fan of. I I just don't really gravitate as well. To, that I don't gravitate well towards like these melodies, especially in the chorus. Um, and yeah, they're just not my favorite. And so. Yeah, I'm just, like, processing how much I want to share with that. But, yeah. And so, Dimly Lit, I w- I'd rather have things sound either new or a little bit further back, though I do love a lot of Dimly Lit. I don't know what I'm saying. But, yeah. Andrew, what are your thoughts on my apartment or my APT? <laughs> well, I'll come at it slightly different. I think the song is super good. Um, I love the piano and electronic kind of led song Um, from a musical standpoint. It does actually have my favorite vocals on the album. I love his falsetto in the chorus. I think the guitar solo section has just this really amazing tone to the guitar and it fits the song super well. It's really unique and shows the range of songs on the album. What I will mention, what I think you're getting at, and and I could totally be wrong, but I know it's something you mentioned with Joey when we interviewed, is that Old Firminian Lakes, his melodies had a tendency to drop. Instead of going up, he would drop his melodies. And then you notice on Dimly Lit, which I think is super astute, and you listen to music probably better than I do, especially from like recognizing those types of things, even though you don't play instruments, you recognize these types of things, which is incredible. Um, but you notice on Dimly Lit, his he changed that vocal approach to actually go up more with the melodies instead of dropping them. And this song does go up with the melody, so therefore it might trigger those same, like, oh, this is similar to Dimly Lit. But if, you're, if your go-to, if the pocket that you like Joey singing in is a little bit more coming down, this obviously would not be the melody for you. Well, I love that change. For me, when I heard Dimly Lit, especially from the vocals, I think that's one of the things that stands out to me about Dimly Lit that I love, is that he really changed up his vocal melodies. And for better or worse, the vocal melodies on Dimly Lit are super different than what he's done before. And I think on this album, my apartment might have the most different vocal melodies, which for me, because I have already said it's my favorite vocals on the album, I think it's a good thing here. So you're going to agree with Nate or me as far as the song and vocal melodies go, probably, because we're just different um, as far as that goes. Part of it is I think it's choppy, to be honest. The transition, it's not even that I don't, like the falsettos 
I think I think it's more the transition to it. The tra- the transition yeah. into the chorus where it's yeah. like it's like so like dull and monotone and then the falsetto feels kind of like I think I would have liked the falsetto more if the song went harder like I feel like the song doesn't go hard it's like so dreary and dull and then he's like like killing it with the falsetto but it just doesn't fit to me it like doesn't it's like feels forced but what i did want to say i'm sorry when you brought up um like him dropping well that's one thing i like about shuffle around so like where he goes i don't I don't, I don't, I don't. Like he does that drop, which is like for me, it's like, like you, t- it's my comfort zone. It's like, it's like, ooh, this is like the From Indian Lakes that I like grew up loving. Um, which is why I think that song in particular for me feels like it encapsulates like a lot of his career. But, anyways, yeah, no, I think you're partially right. But I think for me, it's a lot of it has to do with that transition and how the song doesn't elevate with his voice. Yeah. All right, let's move to track number seven. Track number seven is called Actor. Nate, what are your thoughts on actor? Yeah, so I'm not going to talk a lot about this song, but I think in a lot of these songs we've brought up so far, we've talked about the chorus melodies. I really want to talk about the verses here. I think the verses just hit such a sweet spot for me. Such such a sweet spot. Um, It's so simple, but so pure. Um, It's it's just so beautiful. Um, and I think the falsettos, in, ironically, in this song, work a little bit better um, with the way it's laid out. And I, I love the falsettos in this song. Um, I also think the title of actor is really interesting. It's not in the song, but the song seems to be talking a lot about like depression and uh, not feeling like yourself and having to put on almost like a, a show or put on a mask to kind of act like everything's okay or act normal or act fine, um, which I think is a very relatable um, lyric uh lyrical conception and um, ideology Um, and the song just does a killer job all right Andrew what are your thoughts on actor yeah I love the track placement I think to have this slow and soft of a song right after my apartment just feels right Uh, it's really another beautiful song I feel like the word beautiful comes to mind a lot through these songs just the way he's able to write melodies and I love his vocal melody um, on this track, I agree with you there. I feel like there's a lot of variation um, throughout the song with his vocal melody, and it all works really well. 
Um, he really just, he always impresses me with the way that he's, he's able to create a really powerful track with only a few instruments and without these crazy big and, and slow dynamics. I think it's a masterpiece. I think it's a really, really strong track. So I was wondering when he says, I just stay immobile and keep my eyes closed. I stay stoned enough so I never feel low. I was saying like, he does like this type of like quiver in his voice when he sings that low, the word low. And I'm like, what is he doing there? Because it's like, it's falsetto, but it's like not. And I realized, you know what I think he's doing? He's doing a falsetto, but he's going from that high to low. Yeah. Because he's going, never feels low. Like he he ends up dropping down and it's ironic that you brought up about me, me me liking him going back down, why I gravitate so much to that type of falsetto compared to um, my apartment. All right, let's move to track number eight. Track number eight is called Summer. Nate, what are your thoughts on summer? I love it. <laughs> We're in spring right now. Yeah. We're almost there. But in all seriousness, um, I think this song to me easily feels the most like everything feels better now. Um, the chorus especially embodies that comparison for me. Um, when he sings, I don't want to be your friend. I want it all. And that, and we're talking about the lift up. We're yep. focusing so much on these <laughs> the yep. highs and lows and the melodies, but when he sings, "I want it all," and he like he keeps going up a little bit, um, that to me reminds me of "Lose Myself" and um, oh, just the way he lifts up. It's like in a, a type of ascension, not just melodically, but you feel that ascension. And ooh, this song. I, Andrew and I talked before the episode. He's like, I totally forget what my favorite song was. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder if you'll pick the same one you picked before. And just now I realized, I don't know if I remember what my favorite song was, but this is definitely up there. So I don't know yeah. if I'll pick this one or a different one, but I love this song. All right, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Summer? Yeah, I think the 808s on this song give it a really cool sound. The 808s, basically this drum machine that comes in right away. And with the acoustic, it really pulls you in right away. It's I love how the song, he occasionally just sits on one chord longer than you expect him to. And it's something that I haven't heard him do before that I noticed. But like, it's really unique in the song. He Actually, if if you haven't noticed this before, go back and listen and listen to like the last 30 seconds of the track. He doesn't change chords at all. He literally stays on the same chord for those 30 seconds. And 
I don't know that I've ever heard anyone do that for a while. His melody keeps going. Everything around it feels like it should keep changing, but it actually comes right back to the same consistent chord, and I love it. I think it's such cool variation. So, uh, yeah, those are my notes. All right, let's move to track number nine. Track number nine is called Your Love. Nate, what are your thoughts on your love? So I love that this is track nine. I think it's such a surprise because this, we talked about um, Can You Be Mine as Poppy, but (laughs) the turkey's coming back. It's like getting really close to the window. Um, We talked about Can You Be Mine being Poppy, but like it's Poppy melodically, and that's basically it. Yeah, uh, I feel like this is like actually a pop song. It's still like a very minimal pop song, but yeah, you said this. It's not a pop song. It's poppy. I feel like this is actually a pop song. Yeah, yeah, and um, I agree. yeah, and I just love the instrumental layering as the song builds. It it starts so small but gets so big, and even though it's still relatively bare and simple for Joey, I feel like because of the buildup, the ending just hits so hard, and it really lifts you up and it really pulls you in. And so I think he just does such a great job with that. What are your thoughts on your love? Up oh, there's two. There's two turkeys. Okay. <laughs> I love it. So I use this song as my alarm for like a little bit. Um, I try to change that up pretty often. But every time I hear this track, I'm just reminded of those mornings waking up. I I think it's, I mean, it is a great start to your morning. If, if you want a good alarm song, just don't kill songs by having them as your alarms for too long. But I think it's a great track. It's actually a very short track. I don't know. I'm not looking at timestamps right now, but it feels like one of the shorter ones on the on the album. So I'm not sure if it is or not, but it is short. However, uh, there's some things that stand out to me. The vocal production is probably the main thing that I think, and besides it being poppy, Nate already covered that, but the vocal production is amazing. I love the different sound effects that they use on the vocals and how they stack the vocals on top of each other. It has this really unique sounding effect. Um, on the song itself and then that instrumental section is so cool and adds just the perfect kind of big open vibe uh, on this track as well all right let's move to track number 10 track number 10 is called has to go Right, Nate, what are your thoughts on Has to Go? Yeah, I feel like to me, this is, it's, I don't know how to, 
even though we've already talked about this before, I still feel like I'm processing like my thoughts on the record and how I feel. And that's one thing that's cool about music is you're never done processing how it makes you feel or what you think about it. But this song is um, like really simple musically, like very like nostalgic, very like folky, I think. And yet the way he sings so weirdly on this song. Like, and I think it has to do with the, I think it's um, a harmonies um, that come in, but he, he chooses the weirdest notes to sing. The, maybe it's the melodies, maybe it's the harmonies, maybe it's a combination of both, but in the verses, he's like, no, 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 no. And it's like really like out there, really lazy almost and really sad. And it's interesting. I think the song, the instrumental sounds beautiful, sounds bright, sounds simple. But the lyrics and his vocal delivery to me are sad, are, is, is just defeated and tough. And the lyrics, um, I think, do a great job describing the lyrics on the whole of the record. Um, so I'm just going to read a few. And I'm working to be what you wanted today, but for now we're just going out. And you're always looking around, and it feels like everything has to go. And just this idea that you can be so much better for that other person and that they deserve so much better than you, and you simultaneously trying to be better for them but also sad, feel like you're holding them back, and just all these mixed emotions. And, um, yeah, I feel like this song is just... I'm not the, just the song, but this whole record is a lot about those types of romantic relationships where it's a struggle to be who you want to be and who you need to be um, in those relationships. All right, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Has to Go? Yeah, so I don't have much for this. This is the least that I probably will talk about a track. Um, I do love the track. It is really good. Uh, Nate already touched on the nostalgia of the song. I do feel like from the first time you hear it, it feels very nostalgic for some reason. And it's not because it sounds like old from Indian Lakes. I don't think it really does um, at all, at least for me. Uh, but it is very nostalgic, just the feel and the sound of it. I always am impressed that I feel like this song needs to be in a Wes Anderson film because of that nostalgic nature. So uh, if anyone knows Wes Anderson or anyone who knows Wes Anderson, <laughs> let's make Wes, this happen. Wes, because we know you're an avid listener. Just big, big fan. We're giving, we're tossing you a softball here, all right? Yeah, you just got to knock it out of the park here, okay, We kid? usually big-time Wes Anderson when he reaches out to us. We usually are like, I'm sorry, yeah. what did you say? Less, less Wes Anderson? What? Um, yeah, but, but this time we're we're actually being nice to him. We don't let him get too cocky with all his fame and no, fortune no, and stuff. No, so. no, would never allow that to happen. Not to but, Wes, uh, Wessie boy. Not to Wes. So, um, but yes, I, I I think it's a great great song. I think the track placement's really good as well. It does actually start to feel like the album's kind of coming down for a landing um, here, and especially with. Uh, which I'll talk about in a second, the book ending of the album. I think this is the last kind of loose track, if you will. And then the last one really feels very cohesive as, as the closing track. So yeah, great track. All right, let's move to track number 11. The final track on the album, the track is titled 
if you're here. Nate, what are your thoughts on If You're Here? Yeah, so I love the artistic choice with the recording on his voice. It sounds like they're using a demo take, and I only think that's that theory is affirmed through the way he ends it, kind of like through that little talking thing he does there. Um, it sounds like he just literally finished recording a demo. It's like, hey, how's that sound? And... Um, what I like about it is how raw it is. Um, I love the rawness, especially because Joey is such a, um, I guess you could call him like a studio rat or like a, like so into production, so into making everything sound crystal clear and perfect. And for him to kind of remove that and just be this vulnerable, I think says a lot about his different approach for this track. Um, and even the different approaches he's taken on this record. And what I love is how the rawness combines with the synths. The, it, the, the synth work is so beautiful to me. And I think it's just a beautiful way to end the, the record with the synths as well as it started. But you have a, you're, I'm, I still, I haven't listened a lot to those records since we last talked because we talked pretty recently. But yeah, you you notice a really clear connection between this track and the first track. And yeah. I would do want to hear it again. Yeah, I could be way off. And there's really, Most likely. I feel like the more I talk about it, the more <laughs> unsure I get about it. But I listened to this album a lot while we were kind of doing a lot of house renovations on a new place we just got. And, and so I was listening to it on loop. It would just keep going again and again. And... It was this weird thing that by the time I get to If You're Here, I would be reminded of For You. Like, I'd just be reminded of that. And then all of a sudden, If You're Here would end. He would have his little talking thing. And then the album would start again, like, automatically. And there was a part of me that started to blend these two together more so than normal. And I started to realize that there's, there does feel like there's a similar approach they are very different songs so it's weird i don't know if it's the synth that connects the two i don't know if it's his vocal if it's almost the like bareness of both of them they're both fairly open songs they're not very full songs um but they really feel like they bookend the album very well there's obviously a reason that he picked the first and the last tracks. Joey is not one of the guys who doesn't think about those types of things. Joey is very intentional about track placement. So maybe I'm not crazy thinking that these are perfect bookends because he probably thought they were as well. But I do also, I have written here, the tracks feel almost like they're twins. Um, not identical twins, but but fraternal twins in the sense that they're uh, they feel like they could have been... I'm trying to not go down the twin, like the first phrase that comes to my birth at the same time. And I mean, like, I feel like he could have been working on these songs at a similar time. And I feel like both of these tracks do remind me of tracks that he almost would have specifically written for Joe Van, uh, not from Indian Lakes. Like these feel very 
much written for this album. So I think I think it's a great bookend to the album. Definitely worth if you've listened one time through, just listen to it again. Like go back after if you're here, go back to for you and tell me if I'm crazy thinking that they work really, really well together um, for the bookends. All right, we made it through all 11 tracks on this album. As you can tell, Nate and I both love multiple songs on the album, but we like to challenge ourselves to pick one favorite track. Um, I'll say for myself, this track probably changes. I don't remember what I picked, uh, even though it was only a little bit ago, but I feel like the tracks do change, um, favorite tracks. But we'll start with Nate. What is your favorite track for this album? I'm going to go with Summer. I think yeah. it does a great job of incorporating a lot of the different synth work sounds, a lot of the different um, ways he like to sing. Like I said, we, we have the normal singing. He adds falsetto. He drops it down. He lifts it up. Um, there's, there's so much cool stuff on this track. I think for me... It's a selfish favorite track, which is totally fine, and that's how it can totally be, um, because Everything Feels Better Now is easily my favorite from any Lakes record, and so the fact that this one harkens back to it the most, I think it just makes me so happy. And not that I want him to remake that record or make a ton of songs that sound... I mean, I do want that, selfishly, but I don't think that's best for him, um, or his music career or him growing as an artist so so yeah but i think i'm gonna go with summer and we're getting into summer soon which makes me uh very excited so yeah what about you andrew there's a few tracks that stand out i think if i remember correct i think i picked my apartment that's what i thought i thought you picked my apartment too and i'm torn because between that and actor, actors actually like snuck up on me recently that I just mm-hmm. really love it. Um, let me just go with my apartment, especially if we're thinking that's what I went with before. Um, I do really love it. I think the falsetto in the chorus, I would say it stands out as probably the weirdest track, at least for me. Um, like by the time I get there, I'm like, oh, I'm like shoot, what is this? What is this track? And I always love something weird and unique. So so I'll go with My Apartment, but shout-outs to Actor as well, which is another great track. All right. Well, let us know what your favorite track is on the album. I literally think we'll probably hear responses for every single different song because it is that good of an album. Um, make sure that you're supporting Joey with Joe Van, with From Indian Lakes, with I mean, anything that he does, um, we love his music. We hope you guys do as well. And hopefully as our world starts to get back to some sort of a new normal, uh, we can, uh, start to see some tour dates and some things, um, release as far as that goes, because, um, it's great to see Joey live anytime that you can. So. Um, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't yet, you can subscribe to our podcast, uh, like it, review it. All that stuff really helps us, uh, do this. We don't get paid for it. You didn't have to listen to all annoying advertisement, um, 
for it. So just uh, subscribe, help us out that way. And you can follow us on our socials on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow us at LDL pod. And you can also email us at long distance listening at gmail.com. Nate checks that pretty often. So if you get a response from there, it's probably from Nate. Uh, but we love uh, being reached out to specifically through email because no one ever takes the time to do that. Uh, so do it. Reach out that way. Um, but yeah, enjoy hopefully warmer, nicer weather wherever you're at and have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.